Hey everyone, welcome to Be The Change. My name is Lily Mott, and today I'm going to be talking about how change comes when we create the future that we want to see. I am a big fan of this week's guest, and I'm really excited to share his story with you. He is a daily source of inspiration for me, and by the end of the episode, I hope you feel a little more inspired too. So, without further ado, meet Tay Anderson. I asked him to tell me his story, and this is his quick rundown of his past, as well as what he's up to right now. A little bit about me as I am 22 years old, serving as the youngest African-American ever elected to office in Colorado history. I am on the Denver School Board, and the way that I got here was, wasn't, wasn't easy. Um, I was a product of a single mother, a product of a grandmother who was a public school teacher for 35 years. and. My family has over 100 years of education experience in our background, and I am also the first elected official out of my family. So it's a little different for us um, at times when you have elected officials in the family. But I, you know, wasn't, I didn't always have it easy. I, I, I failed my freshman year of high school, had to redo that. And it really came down to a moment in student leadership where they made a decision about our school without asking us. And I said, how do we get our voices heard on the school board? And they said, you should just run and win like the rest of us, very snarky. And so four years later, I replaced the individual who told me that. So if you've listened to any of my previous episodes, you'll know that I'm a bit of a political junkie and I have a special obsession with civics education and education policy. Tay is a product of Denver Public Schools. So, in the district where he first took civics classes, he is now an elected official. I asked Tay if he thinks that our civics education in high schools is effective in training responsible citizens. And this was his answer. Absolutely not, um, because we are not talking about the local level races that we currently see in our society from school board to council to mayor. We shouldn't just talk about what's going on with the current occupant in the White House or with uh, what's going on in Washington, D.C. Local elections matter, and we have to be able to let young folks know that those elections do matter and then also let them know that they should also run for these seats and win because we are the ones that are trying to change the course of society. I, I'm a living testament of it, and I have several friends that are also school board members that are young and are the first in their areas wherever they are uh, in the country too. So we got to be able to continue to get young people to stand up, but also we got to start teaching it in our classrooms. And that's something that I'm looking to change. So of course, my next question for Tay was asking him to tell me about some of these changes he's hoping to make on both a local and a national level. This is what he told me. Well, local changes that we we're making is um, when people talk about defunding the police, right? And there, there are a lot of people on uh, this issue that are on various sides and some don't believe in that and some do. However, we've already defunded education. We've defunded healthcare and we don't ask EMTs to show up with an ambulance to work. We don't ask a police officer to buy his or her or their own police car. So why are we asking our educators 
to bring basic necessities that should be granted to them into the classroom, like paper and pencils and different things that they need to be able to teach. So the things that we're changing here in the Denver school board level is we're, we're starting to look at the things that we can actually start footing the bill for. How do we actually take the pressure off of our educators? Another thing that we are, we've been looking at is how we can support with teaching a diverse curriculum. We have taken law enforcement officers out of schools. We now have free tampons and pads we, uh, and, from, and menstrual hygiene products for students who menstruate. And we are now an inclusive school district, especially with supporting and serving with now having every school have an all-gender restroom. So those are just things that happen when you pay attention to local elections. And now I'm hoping that things that we will see change in D.C. is representation. Um, no matter who is the president, I believe that they need to have true diverse representation and not just their rich friends that paid them a nice amount of money or gave them a nice campaign contribution to be a secretary of a certain office. And that shouldn't be the norm. We shouldn't have people buying positions in the line of secession for the presidency. We need to be able to have individuals in those offices that actually care about what they're doing, not just because I paid a nice dollar for it. This back to school season has quite frankly sucked for teachers and students everywhere. Zooming just isn't the same as being in class, and it's been taking a toll on everyone. I asked Tay to share his words of encouragement for all the students and educators listening, and here they are. I've been telling people, I understand it's not, this is, this is not easy, and this is not the way that we want it to be able to begin our school year, nor did we want to be able to continue education like this. This is, this is brand new for all of us, and I ask individuals to really just to work with their local uh, school boards and superintendents to really get a system that really truly works for them. Because right now, we have to be able to ensure that there is continuity in education. And I honestly don't know if education will look the same after this, and I hope that it doesn't. I hope we take this as a learning point to say, what things do we not learn? What, what are 1950s technology techniques that we're still using to educate our young people. And so I, th I think this is an opportunity to change the landscape, but it's an opportunity for us to really reflect on our values and who we are um, and where do we want education to go? Because, you know, we're going to be the generation that tells our kids, hey, you, you have it easy. Back in my day, we had to like go to school on the computer because we were in the midst of a global pandemic. And hopefully they won't have to go through that. <laughs> but I, I, this is a story where, you know, young people are able to be, be in the shoes of their elders and say, well, you don't know what it means to go to school via, via remote and how that is so difficult to do for some students. So, in addition to all of his work in Denver Public Schools, Tay was on the front lines of Black Lives Matter protests in the city this summer. I actually found out about Tay when I saw a headline that he had been hospitalized during one of the protests, and I knew that I had to look him up. I asked Tay about his experience organizing and protesting this summer, and this is his story. I mean, protesting, it really came down to, for me, is I needed to be able to show up in a, an authentic way. Um, and sometimes, you know, there are people that agree with those tactics and others who don't because there's different ways of protesting and organizing. And sometimes some people want to do things that are more 
out front and straightforward and other there are people that would like to you know just do the peaceful protest and go home and so that's i i my protest actually evolved at first i was like you know what stop destroying the city it doesn't make sense but then I started looking at it of, of like a window is replaceable and I'm not really going to harp on somebody for breaking a window when a black life is not replaceable. We can't bring back Elijah McClain. We can't bring back Breonna Taylor, Sandra Bland, Trayvon Martin, Philando Castile, and the list continues to go on. And so those are just a few reasons why I do the work that I do because this is the second civil rights movement. And the, black folks aren't asking for special treatment when they're saying black lives matter. They're just saying, treat me like a human. That's it. Nothing special. And it shouldn't be that hard for some folks to comprehend. So we, we see protests work this summer because protests led us to passing Senate Bill 217. Protests led us to getting Denver police out of Denver schools. They led us to start the conversation on what does a, a defunded police department look like in, in, in Denver. And those wouldn't have happened without the protests, without some of the some of the different tactics that we see organizers use. So those are things that we need to continue to to highlight and say, look, this is where protests got us in the first place. Now let's make sure that we transform it to ensure that we're no longer sitting here and in fifty years our children shouldn't have to be marching talking about Black Lives Matter. It should they should they should know this by now. The phrase defund the police has become a divisive term that many Americans may not fully understand. I asked Tay to explain what defund the police means to him and to tell me about what changes he is hoping to see in the future. I mean, when folks are saying defund the police, they're like, you, you got to look at the tactics that why people are saying it. You know, Denver has a homeless issue and we have a black Democratic mayor who criminalizes folks for being homeless. He'll sweep them off of the streets and then he'll utilize the police force to enforce the policies that he's pushing with homelessness. And so when you have police officers that are assaulting different members of the community, elected officials, community activists that are simply saying, hey, we're not protesting the removal of these folks because we know you're going to remove them if we're here or not. We're simply saying, just let us go help them get their stuff. Not one person can't move an entire homeless tent and encampment. So let's let's have community go in to support those individuals that want help. And police used force. There were several issues where individuals, young women, were were groped and and touched inappropriately because they were on the front line standing up for what they believed in. And the police started to push and touch on folks. There was an individual who had his knee or had a need from the police officers after George Floyd. You'd think that we would learn something about that after George Floyd's situation happened, but had a knee on his neck from law enforcement. So those are just examples of why folks are still saying defund the police, because we're not seeing the change that we're, we need. We need to see more mental health support. We shouldn't have law enforcement responding to issues where we can utilize mental health workers and, and social workers uh, to support in those areas. And again, we've defunded education, we've defunded healthcare. So we, we know what it looks, what it means when a system is defunded and how those individuals have to work when they are not given all the resources that they deserve. Now it's time for us to reallocate the money that we would use for policing in our communities, the over-policing, and put that towards actually community investment and seeing our communities thrive. Because right now, I can envision a world where 
you don't need to rely on the police of every, on everything. And it's actually called suburban America. Suburban America is not relying on law enforcement for everything. They are simply fine with the, the comf- they're comfortable where they are at and they're not having to consistently call for law enforcement for support and law enforcement isn't just patrolling their communities. So we know what it looks like and it, it's possible. It's so tough to go out and protest and it's so tough to go out day after day to fight for something which quite frankly we shouldn't have to be fighting for anymore. I asked Tay what changes he wants to see in Washington from our politicians following this wave of the civil rights movement. I'm hoping that they'll, they'll pick up that we need to have a, a, a more just system, that we need to have equal treatment under the law, that women should be paid the same amount as their male counterparts, that African-Americans don't have to get into the streets to, to ask people, does their life matter to them? And that we will see a new day where our federal uh, officials won't have to utilize race-baiting talking points or defending domestic terrorists in our, in our fight for, for racial equality. So... It's no surprise that I was excited to ask Tay my favorite question. What advice do you most want to share with young people who want to make a change in this country? And these were his words of wisdom. Just get out and make sure that you have your voice heard, vote in every election, and ensure that you're not being ignored. And make sure that you understand that this is not going to happen without your voice and your work on the front lines, because this is our future. Either we can help uh, create a future that we want to see, or we can be forced to recreate a future that we do not want to live in. Okay, so usually I end with that question. But after hearing Tay speak, and please remember that this guy, for all of his great advice and insight, is only 22 years old. 22 years old. So, my next question was, where can we expect to see the name Tay Anderson in the future? What are his goals and his plans after his term? And this is what he told me. I don't know yet. Politics is very draining. You might see it in a classroom. That's my ultimate dream job is to go back to to the classroom one day and be a a classroom educator. Or you might see it in in the halls of Congress. So, you never know with me. Um, at first, I told myself I'd never run for office, and then here I am. So <laughs> we shall see what the road has in store. I really, really loved Tay's answer because I think it embodies this podcast perfectly. He isn't exactly sure what he's going to do next, but you better believe that he is going to be helping people and improving his community. I asked Tay how people can get connected and follow along with him. And this is what he told me. Uh, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at TayAndersonCO. Don't be surprised if you see somebody getting dragged for making disrespectful racial comments because we don't tolerate that over on my feeds. So if you're ready for a very a, a different experience from seeing an elected official on social media, I'm the person to follow. I love talking with Tay because of his authenticity and commitment to demanding change for not only himself and his family, but for all of the people in his community and district. He made history and is paving the way every day 
for other young elected officials. He saw a problem and stepped up to fix it. Because if he didn't, who would? We can't wait for change to come to us. We have to take matters into our own hands. Because change comes when we create the future that we want to see. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And as Tay said, you can follow him on Instagram and Twitter at TayAndersonCO. If you want to talk about anything I mentioned, please reach out to me by email at lily at bethechangepodcast.org or on Instagram at bethechangepodcast. Tune in for my next episode, but until then, be the change you wish to see in the world. Bye, guys.